Welcome to your first podcast. My name is Neville and I'll be looking after you over the course of your time. These podcasts are best listened to with a notebook and a pen and a cup of coffee. Uh, I want you to take notes. I don't want you really to take notes, just merely regurgitating information or knowledge. If something stands out to you, if something stirs you, if something feels like God might be in it, I want you to write it down and bring it along to your group. Podcasts and videos generally will have bullet point notes uh, just below them on the website. I won't always do that. Sometimes the information will just be too difficult to put into bullet points, so I won't. This week and next week, you will be sharing your faith story. I will be sharing my faith story because that is a pretty good way to get to know each other. If you're a group who already know each other well, it won't do you any harm to reconnect to that part of the person in your group as you listen to them. The reason that I'm giving you some instructions for listening is that I reckon you've probably been part of a church group. And listening isn't always great in groups. Because sometimes we aren't listening for the right things. We're listening for knowledge. We're listening for a chance to bounce back with something that we know. Uh, We're listening for information. But as I read the Bible, as I see how Jesus interacts with people, he actually listens to people very deeply. Uh, He listens to things around people. He listens to things deep inside people. Uh, Quite apart from their words, it isn't that he doesn't listen to their words. He does. But he listens to so much else besides. And I want us to get used to that. The reason is to help you do evangelism. Whenever we're talking to someone about Jesus, to listen to what's going on in the very depths of them, to listen to things that they may not be speaking about, but With good listening, you can detect that it's there, where you're listening to God as they're speaking, asking him, what do I need to hear as this person speaks? We are going to do this every time we meet. And there are three things that I want you to do. I want you to practice and I want you to do, even if it feels a little bit odd at the start. This is where your notepad and your pen might come in useful as you listen. First one is see and be seen. Number two Hear and be heard. And number three, lean in and release value. They are practices I want us to use as we do evangelism. So number one, see and be seen. Some people absolutely love seeing what's going on in another person's life. I'm not saying they're nosy. I'm just saying they love finding out about people. But then they hate it whenever it turns out to be their turn. It can feel very vulnerable. It can feel exposing. Again, it's for the good of your evangelism. Allowing people to see you, allowing them to know you, helps them become relaxed and to place Jesus better in their lives. Because the chances are, if you've really seen what's going on in their life, seen what's motivating them, seen what is uh, what they're passionate about behind their story, actually you'll be able to speak to some of that. So this week or next week, as you share your story, allow your life to be seen. And I don't mean to pour your guts out. I mean allow intimacy into your story as you share it. A good breakdown of the word intimacy is in, to, me, see. Intimacy. Invite others into your life to see. For you, if you're a listener, if you're hearing someone else sharing their faith this week and next week, I want you to be asking, beyond what they're telling me, 
or do I see? I'm not just talking about the physical reality, but that is also good to see. I'm talking about seeing someone from the inside out, like Jesus did with the woman at the well. A conversation about water and the best place to worship also had a much deeper conversation going on because Jesus wanted to see deeply into her life. He saw her from the inside out. Our evangelism will need us to see people from the inside out. A couple of years ago, I got into a great conversation with a guy who is now a really good friend. I asked, as I often do, for him to just to simply tell me his story. His life was packed with activity. He was fairly well known in the area. He had both travelled a lot, had plans to travel a lot, and his goal was by 30 to have made, well, a lot of money. As we chatted, I was genuinely trying to see him. I was trying to see what motivated him. I was trying to see how God saw him. But that required me to listen to him in a way that would see him. And so I said to him, can I tell you what I see in you as I listen to you? Uh, and he said, well, what's that? And I said, I actually see really deep goodness in you at the very core of who you are. His posture changed and his bouncing around because he was just on the spot movement. Uh, he just stopped bouncing and his head dropped and he said in a very different tone, you don't know me. And I said to him, but surely that's what makes it more credible is that I don't know you. You've only told me good things about you. And I said, yes, but that's it. You don't know what I've done. Then he explained some of the th- reasons why I was wrong in his opinion as why he wasn't a good person. And really what it boiled down to was behaviour. And I explained that I wasn't talking about good behaviour. I was talking about the very essence of his being, that there was a deep goodness in him. That made him so uncomfortable and it changed the level of our conversation. And that conversation became the conversation that we have returned to over the last few years again and again. So I want you, as you listen to each other's story, I want you to see how God sees them. Number two, I want you to hear and be heard. You, most likely, can remember a time when listening to someone that either you heard in them anger, even though they never mentioned it, or you... It's very blatant whenever someone's very happy or joyful. We use terms like something not ringing true. So where the words that we hear don't match up with the emotion that we're feeling as we're listening to them. Or the expression to read between the lines. And really that's what I mean when I say to hear and be heard. We are not listening to someone else in order to get the measure of them. That's boxing them in. We're not listening to them to find fault. We're not listening to them to judge them. And we're certainly not listening to them to give them good advice. The reason that we listen to someone is to love them more. You'll see it in the Old Testament where God often has been very irritated by his people and it talks about him listening. And often the narrative that evolves out of that listening arrives into a point where it describes how God loves his people. The net result of God listening to us is an increase of the awareness of what it is to be loved. So that is why we deeply listen to other people. After Jesus listened to, I think it was the rich young ruler, 
and he leaves not able to follow Jesus. It says that Jesus loved him. But what are you listening for? What am I trying to listen for? Obviously, listen to what's being said. But you're also to listen to what is not being said. To hear what is under the surface. To hear if there's frustration. To hear if there's joy. We listen as well to hear what God hears. But this requires a listening to the Holy Spirit. So ask the Holy Spirit as you arrive at your group. Say, Lord, I want to listen. Help me hear. But this is often where people panic, saying, I can't hear God speak. And I want you to visualize a spectrum. So moving from green across to red with a little needle that moves across, measures, in this case, listening. For some people, they panic that, what if it's me? What if it's me speaking? Well, maybe that's okay for you to speak. How do you work out if it's the Holy Spirit? How do you work out if it's you? Philippians 4, verse 8 says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and the God of peace will be with you. I want you to take that spectrum and I want you to think you're listening to someone speaking and you're asking the Spirit to help you hear. And as you're listening to them, a question might form in your head to ask the person. Or an emotion starts to grow inside your ribcage. Or a scripture pops to mind. I don't know what way you hear, what forms in your thinking, what forms in your heart as you listen to someone. But you probably are someone who's panicked thinking, but what if it's just me? What if it isn't God? I want you to try something out. I want you to set it inside the guide of Philippians 4 verse 8, which basically is saying, is it good? If your answer to that is yes, then I want you to share it. And I want you as a community to work out if it is God. So imagine how good it is for the person who feels heard, who feels listened to, and you've brought maybe a scripture or brought a question and actually it touches them at such a deep level uh, and it changes the story that they're telling you. Imagine that happening in evangelism where you're able to simply say something that you're not sure if it's you or the Holy Spirit, but because it's both of you working together, something changes in the person's life who is listening to you. So I want you to bring whatever you hear to the person. The reason that I want us to do this sort of listening is for the good of your evangelism. Psalm 42 verse 7 says about deep calling out to deep like waterfalls. When God's Spirit calls out to a person's spirit, I don't know about you, but when I've experienced that, it is nothing like rationale can hold. It's beyond emotion. It is something so deep that actually words are hard to use to describe it at all. And so God, I believe, is very much wanting to cry out to the depth of people. It's just if people have developed their emotions, have developed their minds, have developed their work, have developed their relationships. But if they've never developed what it is to have a spirit, what it is to be made in the image of God, then they won't have the language for that. It may frighten them quite a bit. They may have stopped when they were a child developing that part of them. And that's where they need you to listen and to listen deeply. So they begin to realize, ah, there is another part of me. And I think that's the part that God is speaking to. The woman at the well described the experience 
of being listened to deeply. As whenever she got back into the town, she said that she met a man who knew her, who really knew her. But it requires us to listen to the depth, both in the person in front of us, but also to the deep places of God. And that brings us to number three. Lean in and release value. Don't be like the person in the story of the talents in the Bible, the one who received it and then goes off and buries it. If you've ever seen something, if you've heard something, then take action, respond, because you don't know if this is God's gift to you in that moment. Use it. And by the way, sometimes the response is to say nothing, to simply give space, to give silence. That might be your best way to value another person. So it takes you to listen as you've jotted down perhaps in your notebook something you think, I don't know if this is God or not. Then to sit another few seconds and think, okay, if this is God, how am I going to add value to this person's life? Because you may arrive at, actually, I just need to hold this and pray through it and not say anything. Leaning in means that your focus is more on the other person than it is on yourself. It means that your heart's intention is for their good more than it is for your own. To release value is an action. We can't add value as God does because God has already added value to another person's life. We don't add any value. What we can do is release that value, most especially if the person isn't living out of that value, isn't even aware of that value. If we begin to release it for them, what an amazing thing to do in our evangelism. It might be as simple as a thank you for what you've just said. It may be, as you spoke, I became aware of. You might even be a little bit cheeky in a few weeks' time and saying, actually, what you said there, you just reminded me of what you said a few weeks ago. Adding value may look like challenging the person. The person may have said quite a few times that they're going to do something and they didn't do it. You don't release value in them by simply letting them away with it. You release value by saying, you keep saying this, but you haven't acted on it. Is there a reason for that? And actually begin to challenge what is going on in your group. If you spot something, you may need to bring focus to it. You may add value by simply saying, I want to pray for that, and for the next month I'm going to pray. Will you let me know in a month how that goes? So, whatever way you add value, it may be an action. It may be, yeah, I don't know. You decide what that looks like as you listen to each other. Sometimes, to simply have been heard is enough. All of this is to create for you a safe, significant space in which you feel welcome. And in that time, as you come together, it's really for those who don't know Jesus who are around you when you leave I want people who meet you, complete strangers, people at work, people in your neighbourhood. I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel significant in your presence. And I want them to feel welcome. I will only say the word confidentially very briefly here, as I think you will know what I mean by that. Please don't repeat outside of the group what you hear in the group. If it's a good testimony, if it's a great story, you may say, actually, we should share this with more people than just here. If I hear a great story, I will be saying to you, do I have your permission to share this with other people, but also respect confidentiality? Because you'll be seeing each other, hearing each other, 
and leaning in to add value. You could mistake it for a counselling session. It is not that. Galatians 6, 1-10 describes the perfect get-together. So I would say go and read that. But I will highlight two verses within it. Verse 2 and verse 5. Verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens. That's the community. Verse 5 says, That each should bear his or her own load. That's the individual. Now, I have read that for so long as a contradiction, not able to get my head around it, but it isn't a contradiction, and I think I've got it. Whatever it is that you're carrying, a burden, a call, a joy, it was yours when you arrived. It remains yours during your time in community, and it remains yours to carry as you leave. However, the work of the community is to hold you as you bear your burden. That's what that, those verses mean. So as you hold your life out in front of people so they get a, a release value for you, at the end of that, it remains yours. You don't get to offload it onto someone else. It remains yours. But hopefully something has been transformed within it as you have encountered your community. So as a community, we hold each other. But as individuals, we hold our own lives. That is not the work of anyone else. So as you meet each week, See and be seen. What is it you are seeing from the inside of another person? Hear and be heard. What is the mood music coming out of this person as I listen to them? Listening is the spectrum between you and the Holy Spirit. Not either or, but both. Lean in to release value. Because love looks like something. What will love look like in your words? What will love look like in your actions? Can love look like a challenge if it's needed? Valuing is not simply being nice. It's being one who disciples for the good of you both. I want us to have fun. I want us to make mistakes. I want us to take risks with each other and get it wrong. But that we all have almost an invisible contract of we expect each other to get it wrong and we expect to help each other through that. 